This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late 90s and early 2000s. I am one of your hosts, Emily Bejan. And I'm your other host, Margot Poupard. Well, today we are talking about something that was a huge part of our lives and our CD wallets at one point. I don't know about you, Margot, but I had on average in my Bible wallet, whatever you want to call those CD booklets, probably at least two of the compilations on me at any given time. How about you when it comes to the now compilations? Oh, I mean, now that's what I call music. Yes. I think it was some of, probably one of the first CDs I ever got because I was like, right? oh, this is a great deal. I mean, before iTunes cracked it where they're like, you can just buy the single, it's fine. Yeah. I was like, I just want the equivalent of a mixtape, but I don't have that language yet and burning CDs is not re- readily available. So I want essentially like a mixtape of the pop music or top music that I should know about as, you know, an up and coming teen music connoisseur. And so, yeah, I had at least I had at least five. Now that's what I call music because I also did those. I mean, I I hold these two things in my brain and in my heart in the same place. But I also did those like Columbia House, like pennies for a CD kind of thing. And so, I mean, I always picked that because I would get to like maybe five CDs. I definitely knew that I wanted. And then they gave you like a bonus. And I'm like, fuck it. We'll just get like a a, now that's that's what I call music because worst case scenario, I now have like a CD that I can take with me in my disc man when I'm traveling. That's just like a greatest hit. So I don't need to bring the whole Bible with me. So easy. That was a part of it. Oh, for sure. It was like. 
Now you don't need your whole collection of CDs with you. Now you can just have this one disc. That 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 thing was like prominent real estate. I mean, you only had so many slots. And so a now compilation, much like the soundtracks we've talked about in the past, was an easy way to ensure that during your family vacation, you weren't going to murder someone and you weren't going to get sick of a CD because you weren't committing to a full discography. Like you were committing to maybe one or two songs by an artist, but not having to deal with some of the filler tracks, which were not always great to say the least. I'm thinking about when I bought the Eiffel 65 CD um, in sixth grade. Ooh. And yeah, there are, there is <laughs> That's one an song. album that we would call it's most mostly filler, zero killer, <laughs> zero killer. <laughs> So as you can probably tell, today we are talking about the Now That's What I Call Music, or the Now compilations that ruled our uh, preteen them oh, don't, for a while. don't try and make it cool now. With the, I know. They just want to go by now. I'm like, mm, no, I'm no, sorry. No. You are Now That's What I Call Music. I'm now, so that's sorry. That's what I call music. You did this to yourselves. They Indeed. Indeed. The way they got the name for these compilations is pretty wild. But before we even get into that, Margo, what was your favorite Now That's What I Call Music compilation? I really don't know. I don't – I mean, other than the ones that we looked at when we were trying to pull together the research for this episode, I couldn't tell you what number it was on. Yeah. For me, in my brain, it was already in the 100s by the time I stopped listening to it. But then I found out that only recently it hit like 105 or 107 or something like that. So I don't really have one in particular. I, I'm i trying to remember if there was any band that I had discovered through now that oh. led to an ultimate CD buy. Yeah. But nothing is really kind of coming to mind. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is if you had to make a quarantine now that's what i call music playlist what's what are some of the tracks that you would include cuz they still currently make now that's what i call music which was honestly the most shocking part cuz i'm like who the right. fuck is buying that it is completely obsolete nowadays it, it but is. it's streaming on spotify and apple music so there's that um, God, what would be on this? Well, as of today, most definitely Megan D- the Stallion featuring Beyonce would be on my quarantine version of Now That's What I Call Music. How about yours? Uh, I think it would have to – I think it has to include, you know, everything that I'd been talking about that I was listening to during this quarantine. So obviously Megan the Stallion. We'd have some Doja Cat on there, mm-hmm, Fiona mm-hmm. Apple, obviously. Yep. Lipa. We would have Lady Gaga's only single from Chromatica that we do not know when we are getting the full <laughs> album of that. Maybe some Haim because they had a single that came out recently and then I told you or I tagged you in that – Post that they had their full album is coming out in June, which is great because they were going to wait so till like August, September yeah. to release it. So, um, Steps is really catchy too. I would also have some Dua Lipa who's coming to save mm. pop music in there. Mm-hmm. That there have been great. some good remixes. I've I also say there was also a, a the run new- the there was a run the jewels song. There just was real quick, mm-hmm. but I can't remember what it's called now. But I would also include that. I think I would also include a few new songs from The Strokes' uh, latest album because that oh, for me yes, has – Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's been so a really good. nice uh, throwback. I appreciate that they were like, you know what? People just want to hear what a 2001 Garage Brooklyn rock album would sound like in 2020. And so we're going to give it to the people. And to that, I say thank you, Julian Casablancas. Thank you very, very much. 
Yeah, even I, though I have a big problem yeah. with Rick Rubin as a person because he's oh, an yeah. asshole. I mean, if yes. you just read the Beastie Boys book, you will also suddenly oh, find yeah, yourself not liking Rick Rubin. Yep, yep. But this the Strokes album is definitely a no skips album for sure. Yeah, it's been. Um, I've been a big fan of that one. It's been on heavy rotation for me. So has Fetch, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, Fiona's latest. I talk about her like we're friends. When do you I'd like think, think we'll we get our vinyl? Oh, when I do don't think know. We're gonna get our vinyl. Do you I, think it's gonna happen in the next six months? Wait, no, actually, I, better question. Do you think it's going? Do you think it's gonna take longer or shorter, or shorter than the vinyl? Me, please reissue. Which one is it gonna so, be? High, low? What are you going? Oh with? man, I'm gonna go with low because I don't. Thank God this isn't being distributed by vinyl. Me, please, like. <laughs> <laughs> I have some backstory. You may have heard in one of our previous episodes, Margo and I ordered um, vinyl, this company called Vinyl Me Please, which you may have gotten Instagram ads for, did a reissue of Fiona Apple's debut title. And we immediately jumped on it and bought um, each bought a copy. It took us three like goddamn months <laughs> to get an album that had been promised to us in like 15 business days. <laughs> well, it and then we got that wild. like sad sack email that was like, <laughs> Oh, we've been inundated with orders because we had a giant Black Friday sale. We're like, yeah, that's no how shit. it happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the best part of this story is that you got someone else's order too. Oh, I found great. to be hysterical. So, in addition to getting our albums, when I got mine in the mail, I opened my package, and for some reason, there were metal straws in there, and they were addressed to someone else who lived in like Redwood City or San Carlos or something like that. It was the strangest moment. I really thought like Vinyl Me Please was made up of some Visco girls who like their way of apologizing to us for <laughs> the delay was giving us metal straws. But no, it well, was Well, you say complete- us because you texted me and you're like, did you get this thing about saving the turtles? Yes. They sent me some cute stickers. I'm like, I didn't get shit. I got like <laughs> half of a cocktail recipe based on a Fiona Apple song and you got some free metal straws. This is bullshit. But that also together. forced you to reread the packaging to it find really out did. that this was not addressed to you. No, that was, uh, that was, it was sad. I mean, I probably should have tried to contact this person, but I'm pretty sure these were free straws. And so now I have I'm them. sorry, but this was a nightmare to just even yeah. get the record, I, period. Are you trying really to reach was. out to their customer service? Why? No, I'm trying to be their customer service. <laughs> True, truly, though. Uh, well, anyway, long story short, we've also ordered Fiona's latest album on vinyl. Luckily, it is not being distributed by Vinyl Me, please. So we, I'm assuming we will be getting it at a much shorter, during a much shorter time period than, uh, than title. Thank God. We shall see. We shall see indeed. Uh, but speaking of albums, now that's what I call music has been around a lot longer than I thought. I mean, I knew that the UK had had now for a while in comparison to the States, but I think... I didn't realize just how long the compilation had been going on for. And it's about 15 years prior to now that's what I call music getting its first U.S. release. Um, so it's actually in 1983 when the first one comes out. So as you many of you already know, in case the t- you know some of you out there may not know what now that's what I call music is, um, it's a compilation hit album. 
that is released every about two times or three times a year. And it contains the who's who of hit songs at the time. Um, it's a great snapshot of like, what was life like in like May of 2001? What's interesting is some of these um, bands have become bigger because of their appearance on a now album. And in some cases, based on some of the think pieces that I read, a lot of them felt kind of cursed for having been on those albums. Like they, um, they interviewed someone from Harvey Danger, who's, uh, you know, uh, Margo, you'll talk about them more because they're on the first now, but they felt pretty kind of short changed by it because now they feel like they're forever associated with like music in 1998 because of that one song. But anyway, I don't really think that that's the now compilation fault though. I know. I think they have a little bit of responsibility in this relationship as well. I mean, you cannot just, yeah, you can't take a compilation and say that that's the reason. I mean, it was, I blame it on several record labels, which at the time we're signing bands like Harvey Danger left and right. Um, there's a great Reply All episode that um, many of you have probably listened to already where this guy knew, like, could recite all the words to this, like, mystery late 90s song that no one else could figure out. And during the interview process of trying to figure out what, what the song actually was and if it was a real song, uh, they talked to a lot of journalists and uh, A&R people at the time who were working for these labels in the late 90s. And they were like, you know, the moment that some of these alternative bands like Matchbox 20 and I don't know who else uh, made it bigger on that time. They were signing all these alternative bands, Bare Naked Ladies. They were signing these bands left and right. And so you had a lot of bands like Harvey Danger who – got one or two songs on the radio, but really stayed in that time period just because, you know, as we all know, A&R money kind of uh, dried up and tastes change. So I wouldn't blame it either on all that. It's just kind of, it just happened to be that the the resurgence of the now compilations happened right around the same time. So it's easy to kind of blame it on that if you, you know, you ended up in that camp. But the compilations were originally released in 1983 in the UK, and the ideas came from a guy by the name of Stephen Naven, who was then the head of licensing and business affairs at Virgin Records, and John Webster, who was the general manager of the record company. So compilation albums at the time were not a new idea, and they had existed for quite a while. And like most notably, they were done by this Canadian company called KTEL. They were notorious for making these really corny compilation infomercials of like, the greatest hits right now of 1977, a la Time Life style. Those kind of infomercials you see at like one in the morning when you're dealing with crazy insomnia. I Um, mean, I've honestly, I've seen quite a few in the last couple of whatever how long we've been in here because I, uh, just like you, have an inability to sleep. Um, And I've seen one for Cher, Sunny and Cher, their whole compilation. I've also seen one that's just 70s hits. Then there were like the sexy R&B hits that go through each decade as well. And there's a person... There's a man and a woman couple by like a, a fake fireplace that are like, don't you want to like get in the mood with your lover? I'm like, oh, don't say lover at me. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, but uh, mostly I was surprised that they were still making these commercials and that they are on FX at three o'clock in the morning. I, I, I'm always genuinely surprised when I get bump, bombarded by some sort of right. infomercial for an antiquated piece of equipment. I totally agree with you. I think, yeah, the biggest shockers out of this whole research for me is um, have been, one, now that's what I call music compilations are still being made. And uh, two, that Time Life commercials advertising four-disc CD sets for, you know, the greatest new Jack Swing music (laughs) are still being made. (laughs) 
So that's been that's been quite interesting. Certainly, I've seen my share of them as well during this this time period. But much like the ones that are on time, that Time Life creates, these were very much the same kind of deal, except these were even more low budget in that they couldn't even afford to show a video clip of the artist. They would just flash a picture of the band while juxtaposing it to some weird stock footage of people disco dancing. Anyway, these yeah, I've are- also seen those and they're insane and hilarious. <laughs> The difference between this these compilations versus now was that those albums were often tied to one record label or included weird re-recorded versions of the hit songs, which made me think <laughs> of so like true. Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> it's like the low rent version. No, I, thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's also extremely true. It's almost like kids bop for yes, adults. <laughs> for for adults. And I, I remember as a kid, I had, had I had a cassette tape, which you know shows you my age. I had a cassette tape that someone had taped for me of a compilation that they had of re-recorded hits of like Macarena <laughs> and what? the electric slide. What is this? I don't know. I don't know. What a time. Were though. they prepping you for future wedding dances or something? I mean, I think so. It was, I think it was for like someone's birthday party and like I was nine or 10 or something like that. But that's really, yeah, prepping me for, for future weddings. So now as a result of this cassette tape, I, I now can get down with any traditional dance at a wedding or bar mitzvah. <laughs> it's the dance of our people, Emily. It, it is the dance. Tis the dance of our people. <laughs> But what would set now, that's what I would call music, apart from others, was that Virgin was going to actually have a deal with other labels. And in this case, it was EMI so that they could have a broader selection of original versions of hit songs. They brought this idea to Simon Draper, who was the managing director of Virgin Records at the time, and um, then brought it to Peter Jameson, who was the managing director of EMI Records. And he thought it was a great idea. And it turns out EMI was actually trying to do the same thing themselves. They loved Virgin's presentation and agreed to the partnership. And the deal was fucking finalized on Richard Branson's houseboat because Richard Branson then, the the extent of the Virgin Media Empire at the time was simply a record label. So it was on his houseboat in London. So I had to look this up after I read this I'm so sorry. Yeah. Is it a houseboat or is it a yacht? No yacht. calling a houseboat. No, 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 no. You you, you heard that correctly. You lived in an actual houseboat? Yes. Either yes. way, I know that a ton of cocaine was happening oh, best <laughs> on the sea best <laughs> or in the Thames or wherever that, the fuck this shit that was docked. That houseboat toilet seat had had a few bumps. Um, so I had to look this up oh. after I read this fact. It every turns out, surface, Emily, every of this surface, houseboat was every covered surface. in cocaine. <laughs> I had to look this up after I read this. And it turns out Richard Branson bought a houseboat back when he was starting Virgin Records and had very little money. And he named the boat the Duende, which means the power to attract. (laughs) Sorry, that's also the name of a very good restaurant up here. Yes. Also, I'm I'm currently Googling Richard Branson houseboat. So I just need to know what it looks like. I mean, it's a very real thing. There are pictures of him naked oh, in his wow. bathtub reading a newspaper. <laughs> I just, oh my God, as you described it, my eyes found it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the, the, 
Duende means the power to attract through personal magnetism and charm. He lived on this boat with his family even after he had made it kind of big with Virgin Records. So they lived there for a while, like well into the 80s. So the compilation name, now that's what I call music, actually comes from a framed poster that Draper, one of the guys who was working at Virgin and was actually Richard Branson's cousin, he had this poster that in his office that was framed, and it was a 1920s Danish bacon ad that featured a cartoon pig listening to a chicken and exclaiming, now that's what I call music. And as a what? cute side note, yeah, I know. So he bought this for his cousin because apparently he was a bit of a hangry crank until he got his breakfast every morning. And Branson actually frequented the store where he bought this because he thought the shop owner was cute. And he actually ended up marrying her. Joan, Her name's Joan Tebelman, and they're actually still married. They've been married since like the, I think the late 70s. So I thought that was kind of cute, actually. Despite the cocaine-covered well, houseboat. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, there's a cocaine silver lining in all of this. <laughs> but this houseboat is kind of insane. It does. Right? I don't know. I feel like houseboats always sound like a good idea until you live on one. I had an old coworker who lived on a houseboat for quite some time. He had moved up here for the job that he had ended up getting with the company we worked at. And he said that, well, and so it's obviously a different thing. Like a rich person houseboat is different than like a plebes houseboat. But right. there's no toilet on i mean there is but you have to like empty out the tank and so sometimes he would just like piss in a bucket and then like throw it into the bay and no matter how big and nice your houseboat is all i can think about is someone pissing in a bucket and throwing it out the window i mean yeah there's and i bet you know richard branson has pissed into the thames or whatever i also just want to know where it was parked Yes, it was parked in. It's all wild to me. It is wild. So it was parked in an area called Little Venice in London, which I'm assuming is like a an area where there is in fact a marina where people have other houseboats. Um, But yeah, fascinating. Had no idea. Learned so much about Richard Branson's life while researching the now that's what I call music history. So the first album was released November 28th, 1983, in the UK and Ireland. Some of the hits on there included You Can't Hurry Love by Phil Collins, UB40's Red Red Wine, Bonnie Tyler's A Total Eclipse of the Heart, Culture Club's Karma Chameleon, and Men Without Hats' Safety Dance. And there would be other competing hit compilations that rival record labels would put out, such as The Hits Out Now or Totally Hits um, in the U.S. Um, But many of these compilations would end up ceasing to exist other than the now compilation because of all the mergers that happened in the next 20 years of all these major labels. So like in the 80s, you had like a dozen major labels. And then from 1988 to 1999, you had six. And they were Warner, Sony, Universal, and then I'm blanking on the other three right now. But anyway, there were like six labels. And then starting in 2012, they're worth only three. And so that's why the now compilation, you know, still pretty good at the beginning. But over time, they've become they've been able to use pretty much any hit from any record label because they're only like three labels now. Anyway, so the the pace of these or the frequency is that they release about three every year. The UK series has always followed a double album format, which We in the U.S. only do single albums apart from like special editions, but that's kind of the history of the U.K. Eventually, they would start expanding to other countries and regions. So the first country to go into this expansion was South Africa. So in 1984, they got their first compilation. Canada got their first compilation at one point in the late 80s. And then Southeast Asia would follow in the 90s. 
And then we get to the US um, in the 1990s. Uh, the compilation market was very different. So you had like the KTEL cheesy compilations, but it was mostly associated with our time life collections, as we talked about in like 1 800 numbers. There was no real market for the individual tracks. And a lot of the thought around these record labels was like an artist would be crazy to allow their top hit to be sold to this compilation. They, If you're a manager of, an, of a promising act, you want to ensure that you can get as many album sales as possible. So putting the one hit track from this one album on a, on a now compilation is going to result in last revenue for yourself. So the creators in the US then had to like think about how could they convince these stores to carry the product to result in less sales of other albums and then convince labels that participating wouldn't necessarily result in their own album sales for their artists uh, disappearing. So anyway, despite these challenges, they succeeded. And then late 90s, you're going to get your first compilation, which is now in 1998. And just one last little thing about the history. The series started out by being released twice a year. And then starting with now six in the US, they started releasing them three times a year with one usually at the beginning of the year, one in the summer, and then one in the fall. Early compilations have a lot more one-hit wonders. I feel like that kind of disappears. But then you do have a few novelty tracks on each of them. But um, it turns out, as of now, the now compilations, each of the first 29 volumes in the U.S. has received at least a platinum certification, and 18 albums from those 29, first 29 have reached number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, more than any individual recording artist except for the Beatles. Um, and then the most recent one is going to actually be released on May 1st, 2020, and that is, now that's what I call music, 74, which is crazy. But that's what I have to it say. It is weird that they're only it's right? wild that they're only on 74 for some reason. Right. I know. It's been 20 plus years at this point. I'm really I'm shocked. But yeah. <laughs> well, I've always been sort of obsessed with what goes into a now that's what I call music. I think some of it is pretty self-explanatory. But before I had the veil of not truly understanding how the songs are picked, I was always just sort of really interested in what goes into it, why they pick certain songs over others. But mostly the way that it was organized kind of always felt like the ideal track listing too. I always felt like there was like a good flow between all of them. But I've never really quite understood what now that's what I call music's mission is. Um, I mean, I get it. Like we're, we're far beyond that now. And they just want to have a snapshot of what is the most popular music of the time. But the fact that it's only on 74 is crazy. And so for whatever reason, they decided that the 62nd installment was the one that they were going to do some PR for probably to remind people that it exists because I think it had recently at that point around 2016 or so, it had finally gotten onto streaming because it's currently on Spotify and Apple Music, but it wasn't always there. Anyway, thanks to this interview with Thrillist, I finally have a better understanding of how the most interesting part of the sausage gets made. But it's kind of what you would have guessed if you're at all media savvy, especially if you are, you know, older than the age of 17. Jeff Moscow has been the I, and now that's what I call music, since the series' fourth installment. He is an ex-DJ from Philadelphia, and that was the point where I was like, oh, I have no further questions. But for the sake of podcast journalism, I read on. (laughs) The goal of every Now That's What I Call Music is to provide a snapshot, like I said, of what's popular in music at any given point in time, and not just pop songs. Yes, they have pop standards from the like of Britney, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, but they also have Three Doors Down, Fastball, and even P.D. Pablo, which is truly shocking, because that P.D. Pablo song is fucking 
filthy. So yes, oh okay, my that God. that was a, a huge shock. <laughs> but every but person I, I know and- from North Carolina is like so proud of that song. So proud of that. Oh, song. I mean. <laughs> I definitely, um, as the kids at the time would say, freaked danced to it at a Verdugo oh, dance in my of time. Course. So it's of not course. totally surprising. And then also at one camping trip, it came on and I was drunk enough to dance to it. And everyone's like, wow, I didn't know you liked this song. He's like, well, now you know. <laughs> going to bed. Night, night. <laughs> anyway, before digital and streaming charts came into consideration, their selection process was pretty straightforward. It was centered around the Billboard Hot 100 chart, which tracks popular songs, as you know, in the country by radio airplay. That's especially what you need to know about past <laughs> Billboard charts. Now they incorporate a bunch of different factors because they have to. But beyond just what was popular on the Billboard Hot 100, they also had to look at what artists were registering on a broader cultural level and also the artists that were tracking on lesser billboard charts, like what's number one in alternative? What's number one in R&B? What's number one in country? So they also use that as a metric of what makes it onto the CD. But also one thing that I didn't know is that they also took into consideration how much their music videos were also getting played. So I thought that was an Hmm. interesting factor. And that's also now they've replaced music video views with social media following, which makes sense. That seems like a very lateral move, all things considered. That that makes perfect sense. The method of organizing the track list is described by Moscow as, quote, making a mixtape for someone. You want the songs to take the listener on a musical journey, except now that's what I call music doesn't reflect one person's taste in music, but instead serves as a mirror as what's popular at the time. So now that's what I call music one or at the time was simply titled now first debuted October 27th, 1998, modeled after the highly successful now that's what I call music series in the UK. The first U.S. now reached platinum, as you had mentioned, and included three songs that reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100, Together Again by Janet Jackson, All My Life by Casey and JoJo, and Mbop by Hanson. The album peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 200 in January of 1999, which was impressive because I don't think a lot of compilation CDs even chart, chart period, but even chart that high in the top 10 is insane. No, I mean, like, I think of, like, maybe, like, five or six soundtracks in the 90s that were like super super big but yeah that's um that's pretty rare yeah i'm thinking like bodyguard is like one of the first soundtracks that come to mind titanic made it maybe yeah titanic is another good one anyway and all of those were diva led soundtracks so you have to also give credit to the woman the woman who's singing so i tried to look up some interesting tidbits that i could talk about for that now that's what i call music one or now because it's all caps with an exclamation point. So I feel like I need to really bring the excitement to it. But really, it's not that exciting. So I'm just going to read you the track list because I do feel like once you see the track list, you'll understand why there's not really much to talk about. (laughs) So the first track is Together Again by Janet Jackson, As Long As You Love Me by Backstreet Boys, The Way by Fastball, which so I I was like, oh, okay, I know what I'll do. I'm going to pick an artist in the song and then I'm going to look up like what it's all about. And Fastball like got depressing really quick. I completely forgot that it was about like a couple that accidentally. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They like died on a road trip. I was like, oh, God. Okay, oh. moving on. Nope. Oh. Right. And then Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitta. Say you'll be there by the Spice Girls. All My Life by Casey and JoJo. Never Ever by go. All Saints, which mm. as I put on Never Ever last night, as I was doing research, my husband's like, this song is still a banger. I was like, please don't say that near me. But I'm <laughs> but glad yes. you also like All Saints. I but second that, correct. Sean. <laughs> well, he used to work at Banana Republic, and I think the song played quite a bit. <laughs> if you oh, that, that checks out. That checks out. That's, yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you could only see by Tonic, which I had completely Ooh. forgot about that song. Ooh. Loved by all dads that drove minivans at my yes. elementary school. Yes. Mbop by Hanson, Zoot Suit Riot by Cherry Pop and Daddies. Okay, so I have a, one very funny zoo, Cherry Pop and Daddies Zoot Suit Riot story. I think it, we must have been in high school. As one always does. Uh, I well, so Cherry Pop and Daddies opened for Social Distortion as they are wont to do <laughs> on tour in the year of our Lord two thousand and one, and Trevor for. Former guest, friend of the pod, and I and his brother uh, all went to go see, obviously, Social Distortion, but we had happened to show up mid-Cherry Pop and Daddies, and so there were a lot of greasers that were there, oh. and they were all swing dancing. Anyway, one in particular, one greaser walks past us, and as he does, I mean, he just, like, really looks like he's cosplaying Danny Zuko from Gre- Grease. Caleb, Trevor's brother, turns to me and Trevor, he's like, Sandy! Like, so loud. This guy <laughs> turns and, like, looks at him, we're like... So, sorry, I, I don't I don't know. I'm my bad, but every time I hear Cherry Pop and Daddies, I just think about Caleb turning and just going, I, Sandy. I, that is fully their demo. For sure. And like one of the interesting things with like Cherry Pop and Daddies, and this is gonna come up in my compilations as well, is I feel like every single now compilation has like one or two pseudo novelty songs. Like one will be like maybe a flat out novelty song, and the other is like such a snapshot of a novelty craze. Like for me, Zoot Suit Ride is very much the swing dance craze of the late 90s. Like I'm surprised the Brian Setzer Orchestra isn't on here or like other bands of the time that were making this kind of like swing dance greaser music. Fun fact, I always confuse Cherry Pop and Daddy and Brian Setzer Orchestra all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So Zoot Suit Riot. Okay, so this is where I start to question a little bit of like this, the way this track list is laid out. So after that, it's Shorty in parentheses, You Keep Playing With My Mind by Imagine. Here's something mm. fun. How would you guess imagine do not cheat is spelled? Well, I know because I had this okay, compilation. Well then fine, boring. Boring. All right, <laughs> fine. So imagine is spelled I-M-A-J-I-N. And I had to look it up because I was like, oh, surely there's a great story here. Nope. They're just an R&B boy band. One of the members of Imagine, this is the only noteworthy thing, is Mr. Cheeks, who sings the song, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, another like filthy rap song about, you know, <laughs> Wait, women's seriously? butts or whatever. 
Yes, I swear to God. Because I was like, Mr. Cheeks, I know that song. And then that I'm sorry, Miss Jackson song, Lights, Camera, Action, sorry, that's what it's called, by Mr. Cheeks, is a song that I performed when I was a part of a a competitive hip-hop dance group. That was one of the songs we performed to, and I was like, of course. And so every time I hear that song, I am transported back to a simpler time when I could stand near people without six feet of space. And so you, you provided the additional clarification. You kept saying, sorry, Miss Jackson. So I really thought like, for some reason, he had made an appearance in the song, Miss Jackson by Outkast, to which I was like, wow, do not no, remember No, 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 it's just the part of the, no, 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 it's just a part of that chorus. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Speeding right along, number 12, we've got Brian McKnight with Anytime, which Brian McKnight has so many fucking songs. I'm like, I don't even remember which which one this one is, but I'm sure it's great. Barbie Girl by Aqua, Karma Police by Radiohead, which I was like, there's surely an interesting story as to why this made the compilation. I was like, well, they're British and this is this was all started in the UK. So it kind of like makes sense because at the time, Karma Police did incredibly well in UK charts. So it kind of makes sense why they would add it. Then my personal favorite and probably why I bought this album, I Will Buy You a New Life by Everclear. (laughs) <laughs> Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz and Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground, which another song that I had not thought about or listened to in a very long time. It's still an annoying song, but what you know, you got to give credit. Sex and Candy smell like is, you know, a question that I ask myself 20 plus years it's later. It's just, it's one of those songs where you're like, this doesn't mean anything. And yet everybody went around saying it like it's a thing forever. And now forever. look at us. <laughs> Now I look mean, at us. What is in a disco lemonade? Should I make it while I'm staying at home for the next however many weeks or months? Perhaps. Do I just put do I put cocaine in my lemonade? Is that what that is? Is that what a disco lemonade is? I don't know. But I, I will know. be looking it up after this. So that's all I have for the first installment of now that's what I call music. It's not super exciting, but I think it achieves its goal and I think it's one thing that now does successfully all the time, which is, you know, if you were an alien on the recently released Pentagon footage of UFOs flying about and you saw this, be like, "Mm, yes, the year of 1998. I remember that, you know, I just feel like, (laughs) yes, its mission has been completed. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, You're absolutely right. Thank you for funding that footage, Tom DeLonge. Um, I think that's my favorite I mean, part of all of this. Do we, <laughs> he just creeps up in the most do we random owe him thing. An apology? No, we don't. Do we owe him I'm an apology now? Prophetic. Should we just End listen to Aliens Exist? Should we just listen to Thank You? I was like, do we just put that on in solidarity <laughs> later? Or like, what do we do? At 7 p.m., we all put on Aliens Exist to clap for time along. Truly for me, the late the, the fact that late 90s pop punk and new metal has been predicting the future for us so clearly in the last two months, <laughs> between Limp Biscuits lyrics and break stuff serving as a PSA for COVID and Aliens Exist predicting Tom DeLonge's funding of alien extraterrestrial research. I mean, who knew? Who knew as a as a consumer of this music in 1998, 1999, that we would come to this 20 plus years later? Just brilliance, really. I, I mean, you you still need to finish writing your Fred Durst was right tinfoil hat oh, theory. <laughs> it's going to be chef's kiss, Alex Jones worthy. So much like (laughs) get your dear beef jerky on order, Emily, because this is what's happening. So much like now one or now, uh, now two. I don't have much. (laughs) Thank you. 
<laughs> I don't have much to say about Now 2. It was released July 27th, 1999. Um, this one did not chart at number one, but it charted at uh, number, I think, number three on the Billboard albums chart. And it's been certified, I think, two times platinum. It only has one song which reached number one, which is Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. Much like the first now or now, uh, the track listing has some strange juxtaposition. So this Ringer article that I read about the now history of the now compilations talked about how like you have Britney Spears' Baby One More Time opening up the album compilation, which is, of course, like a very bubblegum pop song that was manufactured. And then it's followed by the new radicals, You Get What You Give, which criticizes the package pop industry. And the entire concept of the band, The New Radicals, was about criticizing everything that the record industry had come to. But that is, you know, much like the early now compilations are are like that. It's just strange, strange juxtaposition throughout. Much like our 1999 song and song and music video episodes, This compilation perfectly sums up the endless possibilities of having a hit song in 1999. Like anyone could fucking do it that year. Didn't matter what genre you were a part of. Probably the weirdest track is The Closer, uh, which is Boz Lerman's Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen, which was the big graduation song that year. That's the one's like, ladies and gentlemen of the class of 1999, wear sunscreen. I rewatched Romeo and Juliet recently. (laughs) And forgotten about that because um, they play like the clip that oh it, the music that it samples. It was like weird graduation songs. Even that's not a. I don't think I can't remember the last time there was like a quote unquote hit song that was like a graduation song. Like Vitamin C was a big one, and then this song, and then of course like Time of Your Life by Green Day. But I feel like people don't have big big songs anymore, right? For graduation, like that's not a thing anymore. I'm trying to think. I mean, graduations are uh, not happening this year, but I'm no. trying to think of the last time. I, I think the last time there was like a big graduation song was like that Green Day song. And that was yeah. barely a graduation song. It was more about just how growing up is whack or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like Wake um, Me Up When September it, Ends. No, not that one. Um, another yeah, that's, that's a good riddance. Good riddance time of your life. Thank you. Yeah. yeah that was like the late... <laughs> Late 90s? That I would consider a uh, early 2000s. I feel like it was. It either was way. Like, it, yeah. Well, either way. I mean, it made a resurgence for like the class of 2003 at my high school. So maybe that's why I think that it's. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I was on yearbook. Someone wanted a, a video edited to it. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> Any hoodle. Um, the last real intentional graduation song I can think of is like vitamin C. Like yeah. we're going to be best friends forever or whatever yeah. that was called. It was, and that was the following year because I had to look it up. I was like, was this the same year? And I had to, so it was 1999 was this like everybody's free to wear sunscreen song. And then the following year was the the Friends Forever vitamin C song, which not sure what happened to vitamin C. That'll be a fun mini episode one of these days, maybe. <laughs> but the track listing here is Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, You Get What You Give by The New Radicals. Millennium by Robbie Williams, Closing Time by Semisonic, which I still love. Um, And that guy, the lead singer, has gone on to write Not Ready to Make Nice by the Dixie Chicks and Adele Someone Like You. So he's doing pretty well for himself, royalty-wise. The Sweetest Thing by U2, My Favorite Mistake by Sheryl Crow, Praise You by Fatboy Slim, which we've talked of ad nauseum on this podcast. Uh, I Think I'm Paranoid by Garbage, which is a great song for karaoke. 
Never There by Cake, Because of You by 98 Degrees, um, Goodbye by Spice Girls, which I believe this is the last Spice Girls song on um, on a now compilation. Take Me There. Really? I would think so. I mean, it's just like they've they've gotten into two now compilations and they already are like, oh, sorry, Spice Girls are breaking up. Bye bye. Bye. I mean, it was such a what a weird. I mean, it's during that 18 month period, you know, like we yeah. talked about. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Take Me There by Blackstreet and Maya featuring Mason Blinky Bink, which someone someone tweeted about this music video the other day and how amazing it is in that someone convinced Maya that dancing in a crib for a music video, because this is from the Rugrats soundtrack, would be a surefire oh way God. for a hit. Do you remember this music video? It is wild. As soon wild. as you said it was for the Rugrats movie, I had a flashback. So, yes, I do recall. Oh, poor Maya. No wonder she's like, I'm not fucking doing music anymore. I'm over it, you guys. No. Yeah. Uh, when a Woman's Fed Up by R. Kelly. Um, <laughs> Father of Mine by Everclear. So another So Much the Afterglow for the Afterglow <laughs> song made it on here. <laughs> I'm good for them. Oh my God. What I got I also think it's funny that there's like a Daddy Issue song immediately yes. after R. Kelly. Yes, yes. What I got by Sublime, which uh, oh, that's like probably right around the time Brad Noel died. Also um, trying to get that like stoner grief vote. The stoner. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that when all of this shelter in place stuff happened, Sean's like, what songs do you want me to learn? Like, I know this sublime one. I'm like, please stop. I, I no. will divorce you. Like, I can't listen to this. Dude, don't you fucking uh, dare start learning a sublime song. Well, we did. When we did go through Sean's CD collection many episodes ago, I was very excited to see the Long Beach Dub All-Stars was featured. <laughs> like, if you didn't know that he smokes weed, then I think that his CD that collection would in a little fully bit. tip you off. <laughs> Um, so then that's followed by I'll Never Break Your Heart by the Backstreet Boys um, and Hard Knock oh, Life perfect. by Jay-Z. And then finally, Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen. So interesting compilation. Um, I, it's interesting because like the timing for this is like spring 99, but they're still putting Britney Spears. Yeah, this is like Britney. They're putting Britney Spears' Baby One More Time, which I think does Oops, I Did It Again come out the following year, I think, right? I think so. I think that these CDs are made so far in advance, though. Some of them do have songs that are maybe a little bit old, but when you look at it, when you look back at it, it doesn't seem that way at all. So for sure, they have that slight edge. But also, I would argue that even when Oops came out, and that was like her big single, um, Baby One More Time was also still getting a ton of radio airplay because it was huge and it just would not quit. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, but that's all I really have to say about now, too, was an interesting revisit and re-listen, to say the least. Um, I noticed your Spotify, like my Spotify yesterday, was just like both of us listening to now compilations. <laughs> well, first of all, the other day I was listening to one of the dance instructors from the studio I go to. Everybody's playlists are online. I mean, they have been for a long time, but I feel like I go back to their playlist a little bit more now that I, I feel like I'm sick of my own music. Yeah. And one teacher had a Migos song on her playlist, and it was pulling from a Now compilation, and it truly shook me to my core. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> 
did she do that on purpose or did she just add the first song? I'm like, now I have like 18 million questions about how this came to be. If you had any questions about now that's what I call music three that came out in 1999 or December of 1999, I am here to answer them. The third installment was actually kind of regarded as a measure of its success in that the Now compilations actually weren't going to end up going anywhere in the U.S. anytime soon. As one reviewer aptly put it, quote, there isn't anything tying these singles together musically, except for the fact that they were hits. But all in all, it makes her a pretty entertaining and diverse snapshot of pop music circa the turn of the millennium. So what might you ask is uh, pop music at the turn of the millennium? Well, here we go. First song, Smash Mouth. All-star. Fuck it. We are starting out of 10, baby. Wow. Then, then we've got Lenny Kravitz, his dick popping out of a pair of leather pants, coming in at number two with American Woman. Then number three, Blink-182, What's My Age Again? Number four, Enrique Iglesias, Palamos! Britney Spears is... I mean, what a banger. And also an excellent Pete Holmes joke. Also, uh, Britney Spears is some Wild Wild West soundtrack. <laughs> oh, my God. Should we add that to the bad movie list of uh, I, potentials? Because I, I can't even tell you so. the last time. I think I, I saw Wild Wild West in theaters again because it was hot. <laughs> so it was mostly for the air conditioning. Yep. <laughs> but I could not tell you four things about the movie. Like Robot Spider. Um, uh, my, what's the Kevin Klein? I was going to say, Mr. Fish Oder. I'm like, what the fuck is your name? <laughs> um, Selma Hayek's boobs. Yes. Um, Will Smith's tiny glasses. Like, uh, these Bai are Ling not good details. It? I think Bai Ling is oh, like, right. yeah. Haven't heard because that name in a while. Because this is Peak Bai Ling. This is Bi- Peak anyway, Bai Ling. So we, anyway, we've got Enrique Iglesias, Balamos. Then we've got Britney Spears' Sometimes. Backstreet Boys, All I Have to Give. Casey and JoJo make another appearance with Tell Me It's Real. Fat Boy Slim with Rockefeller Skank. Limp Bizkit oh. with Nookie, another tie to the old millennials universe. Garbage is special. R. Kelly, if I could turn back the hands of time. Mm. Or as I like to call him, Rapist Kelly. <laughs> ideal, get gone. Which like, I looked up ideal and I was like, oh, what's this? I'm like, maybe this is fun. <laughs> nope, it's a boy group that, it's an R&B boy band that, I mean, I think this is like the peak. They've had like a couple of albums, but, and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, because I am quite so i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about so it's very possible that like ideal is great and i i just don't know because it missed me but ideal get gone okay so now this is my okay this is my favorite track on this whole album i do i might have owned this i don't know i might have also owned all these individual cds at one point i definitely owned limp biscuit garbage fat boy slim backstreet boys britney spears enrique and blink 182 and my mom might have had lenny kravitz which like duh But a track that I probably would not have appreciated in 1999 because I was a fool comes in at number 13, and it is Shantae Moore's Shantae's Got a Man. Oh, that's a great song. Have you heard this song? I highly – so I had no recollection of the song before, but it is great. Shantae's Got a a Man. man. So I looked it up because I was like, okay, what is this song all about? Like, I need to know everything about Shantae Moore. Like, she's amazing. We stand. Well, this is about her then husband, Kadeem Hardison, who's an actor, but they've since split up. But this whole song is about how, like, you need to be worrying about, like, your own man. Like, don't worry about my man, but they're divorced now. So maybe she should have worried more about her man. I'm not really sure. I'm not throwing stones. I'm just asking questions. So I would highly recommend, if you've never heard, Shantae's Got a Man. It's a 
great song. It is hilarious. I wish there was a music video for it because I did not see one when I looked it up. But that's a great song. 14 comes in, Blessed Union of Souls. She likes me for me. Looked it up. Whack. Oleander, Why I'm Here. Don't know her. I listened to the song. Also whack. Not worth looking up. Case, Happily Ever After. What? The only important thing you need to know about Case's song, Happily Ever After, is that the music video features a young Beyonce. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 98 Degrees is the hardest thing. A word. This song is about dumping your side chick. So fuck you, 98 Degrees. Yeah, that's in hindsight. I'm now realizing as I'm re kind of hearing the lyrics in my head. Wow. I mean, Emily, huh. so obviously we were blinded by the abs and the sit-ups. Uh, I and mean, like the brothers Lachey. So con- <laughs> I mean, for context, we are at a boxing gym. They're all yes. sweaty. Well, they're all wet. They're all like soaking wet working yes. out and like doing sit-ups. And you're like, wow, this is the first time I've seen like an actual man doing sit-ups who's very attractive, like bit jacked. hot, like does not look like any boy. I like Jack, yes. like, yes. L- that's like but then Jack you- Lachey. Yes, but then you do one of those like, and then I zoom in, and then I enhance, and then I enhance. You're like, oh, these songs are absolute garbage. It reminds me of that Chingy song. Or is it Chingy or is it? Yeah, it's Chingy where he also breaks up with a side chick. It's just like, go fuck yourself, you dick. Uh-uh. It's not the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. How about you don't cheat? Is that hard? Anyway, we wrap uh. up. Now, that's what I call music on what I like to think is a, <laughs> a high note. It's fastballs out of my head, the lesser known fastball track. <laughs> this kid in my school growing up, um, it was my sister's class, saying this at a talent show, and he was going through some changes in his voice, to say the least. So he, very sincere but um, awkward performance in the talent show. Yeah, there were a lot of those. <laughs> Now three is actually the first one I ever got, I think. I I went back and bought the, um, I think, now two and now or now after that. But now three was the first one I remember having in my collection. It's a good one. Now four. Um, I, I think the first three have a pretty strong foundation. I remember really loving five a lot. Uh, Four is kind of a mixed bag. It comes out in the summer of 2000, and it debuts at number one on the Billboard chart, and it's the first to reach number one and marked the first time ever that an album of previously released hits has debuted at number one in the U.S. So fun facts I didn't know until a day ago. There were only two tracks on the album that reached number one. That would be I Knew I Loved You by Savage Garden and Try Again by Aaliyah. And interesting observation, kind of what I was saying earlier, this answers my question. Uh, Britney's Drive Me Crazy is featured on this compilation, which is, you know, this is July 2000. So oops, I did it again. I did a little research in between and uh, that came out like earlier, that spring of 2000. So they were still like, as you were saying earlier, they plan these out way ahead of time. Um, Same with like Backstreet Boys, you know, Larger Than Life is on here. And I think that had been a hit like a year prior. So Anyway, the track listing, it opens with Larger Than Life, great song, um, Drive Me Crazy, Britney Spears, great, I Need to Know by Mark Anthony, um, J-Lo's ex-husband. Yes. <laughs> so our Latin It's the explosion. only Mark Anthony song that I that I stand out loud. I'm like, I need to know. You put that on. It's I a great start, song. 
girls just start grooving. It's so uh, touchy. I hate it. it. I, I, I'm just now, I have it in my head, just thinking about it. Tell me, baby girl, because I need to know. Just great oh, stuff. Yes. I need to then, know. Refrain. I need to know. <laughs> this is followed by our pop queen, Mandy Morris Candy. So like first four songs, really solid showing here. Like we got BSB, we got Britney, we got Mark Anthony, we got Mandy Moore. You know, I can't complain. But then we go to Blue by Eiffel 65. <laughs> nice connection to my <laughs> earlier um, mm-hmm. feels. Feel So Good by Sonique, which um, that's a good song, but I feel like that one gets stuck in my head too easily. I Belong to You by Lenny Kravitz, which I think was on five as well with like American Woman and um, Fly Away. So Lenny Kravitz is like a pretty strong showing on the now compilations. I Knew I Loved You by Savage Garden, which I, you know what? Some people hate on Savage Garden. I enjoyed some of their songs. And I feel like this one was probably one of my lesser favorites. I feel like some of their early ones are, for nostalgia's sake, better songs. But my sister really loved the song I Want to Know by Joe, which just is Joe even around anymore? Do we have we heard from Joe as of late? Oh, gosh, I do not recall. I don't think so. I don't think so. You would think now would be the time. Now would be the perfect time time. to cash in on nostalgia. If not now, when? 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 I mean, he had a a slew of hits during that time period. Try Again by the late Aaliyah, Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer Lopez, total banger. Get It On Tonight by Montel Jordan, again, total banger. Will Dance when I hear either of those two songs. Steal My Kisses by Ben Harper, a.k.a. Laura Dern's ex-husband. That was a fun one to say. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> then The Morning Comes by Smash Mouth, which, mm, I mean, this was pushing it. Then The Morning Come was was kind of a hit, but I think, yeah, anyway, whatever. Meet Virginia by Train. Anyone who knows me personally knows I hate Train. I don't like them. I think I have a theory that they come out with a song every three years to get overplayed on the airwaves to piss us all off. I, yeah, fuck train. I try by Macy Gray, which I've talked about on our podcast before. This time around by Hanson, which I love Hanson. I think they're great musicians. And then ends on All the Small Things by Blink-182. So it's like, I'd say like 50% of this is a great compilation. And the other 50%, I'm like, oh, what happened to that person? That's all I really have to say about Now 4. I think I end up getting after this Now 5, maybe Now 6 and Now 7. I may have had now eight, and I feel like that's the last time I, I purchased a now CD. I don't know about you. Oh my god, I don't even know if there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if I had purchased a last now CD consciously. I feel like they were just always sort of around. But probably by yeah. the time I hit high school, I was like too serious about my music taste yeah. to be caught dead buying a Same. now. That's what I call music compilation. So they're still going strong. If you. Want to know what a now that's what I call music looks like, or if you want to reach back into the late 90s and early 2000s, like we do. Well, because of this choir, we've lost track of time. And last episode, we were supposed to do this, but we'll just do this now. I want to wish our little podcast a happy birthday, podcast. Happy birthday. One year, baby. Oh, yeah. One whole year. And Almost 40 episodes later. Yes. So thanks for listening to us. Thanks Thank for reading and reviewing us. And mostly thanks for listening and giving suggestions and otherwise just being interested in our pop culture ramblings. 
this is also our finale. So bye. This is it <laughs> for yeah. at least a little while. A little bit. We I actually meant to ask you when you wanted to come back, but that is a conversation we shall have not now. Not now. So Probably I would expect that we would be back sometime in the late summer and early fall. But until then, until we are back, whenever that may be, and there will be announcements. And if you want to keep track of those announcements, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. What are those places, Emily? They are are both at the old millennials pod. And we're still going to be updating our medium blog during this off season. So if you want to read anything about pop culture from this time period directly related to the podcast or sometimes not i don't really know the blog's going to go in a weird direction you can follow us at old millennials pod on medium and if you want to just keep up with me and emily in the meantime i am at marge she wrote and i'm at emily a Beijing. thanks for a great season three stay safe wash your hands wash your hands and hopefully by the time we come back we won't be uh quarantined inside of our houses anymore that's something to look forward to right cheers to that Well, until the next season, goodbye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.